Afro Tales Podcast is a part of the Connected Podcast Network. Ahoy, my friends. Welcome aboard the Afro Tales Podcast. I'm your storyteller, Amon Mazinga. Join me as we explore the tales that grew from the people of indigenous and African descent in the Americas and the Caribbean. After, come and see me, Chef, who will impart upon you a recipe for the story you have just heard. So with no further ado, let us set sail on this new age of exploration. Saladay versus Mancrow. Far away on an island filled with mountains of fresh spices and cocoa trees, there once lived a queen. Her palace of white stone walls and pillars sat high on the greenest hill. Every morning she opened her window shutters and stared out of the bright blue Caribbean sea. From her balcony, she watched the sunrise. It was her favorite time of day, smelling the salty sea breeze and feeling the sunrise across her face. One morning, she awoke as usual and was alarmed to see it was still dark outside. There was no sunlight sprinkling through her shutters and no sound from the birds singing their early morning songs. She checked her clock on the wall. The long hand was at 12 and the short hand at six. She listened for the gentle tick, tick, tick but instead she heard shrieking from her maid running along the corridor the world is coming to an end the world is ending she came rushing into the queen's bedroom waving her arms wildly in the air my queen the sun has not risen in the sky the queen hastily dressed feeling anxious about what she might find she hurried to her advisors, who were on their way with worrying news. My queen, our island has been visited by the giant bird. His wings are so wide, they completely black out the sun. One said gravely, Where is this bird of darkness? Why is it here? She asked, hardly believing the news herself. They told her that the bird was called Mancrow, half man, half crow. He had long black wings and sharp golden talons. His body and wings were so huge that the sunlight was hidden from this island. But as to why, he was in their kingdom, no one knew. Mancrow was perched on the highest branch of the tallest tree in one of their forests. He sat there devouring their fruits from nearby trees. Knowing that she had to do something, the queen sent soldiers with bows and arrows to rid them of the bird of darkness. After several days, they returned shamefaced and empty-handed. 
our arrows could not reach. He is sitting too high, one of the soldiers said. We even tried throwing rocks, but nothing got near him, another explained. What are we doing? She asked them. Pacing up and down, her advisors shrugged and scratched their heads. No one had any ideas of how to get rid of the giant bird. With the sun unable to shine on the island, people's days were filled with darkness. Gray nights, they slept in darkness and woke up in darkness. Children went to school in darkness and played outside in darkness. No one traveled from the coast into the mountains for fear of losing their way. No one traveled from mountains to the coast in case they fell off the edge of a cliff. Grass could not grow, flowers could not bloom, leaves turned yellow and died. Meanwhile, in a forest filled with sweet fruits, Man Crow stretched his long black neck and sucked the juice from ripe mangoes and tamarind pods. He cracked open heart-shaped soursops and swallowed the creamy fruit inside. One dark evening, the queen stood outside on her balcony. She listened for the familiar sound of the crickets chirping, but heard nothing. Instead of seeing bright fireflies dancing between the trees, she saw a wall of darkness. Then she noticed a small crowd of people waiting outside of her palace gates. There were mothers and fathers carrying babies, children looking tired and scared, old people with walking sticks and others leaning against the palm trees. They have come to ask you to get rid of the bird of darkness, said one of her guards. They will not leave the palace grounds until something is done. The queen paced up and down in her throne room and summoned her advisors. It has been nearly a month since the wretched bird plunged our island into darkness. We must find a way to kill it, she raged, becoming more frustrated at their blank faces. Send more soldiers, suggested one advisor. No, said the queen. That does nothing. Their arrows don't even reach the bird. There's nothing for it. If you have no better ideas, I will have to ask all our people to help, she decided. The advisors dismissed her idea immediately. If our trained soldiers cannot defeat the mangrove, what will farmers or fishermen do? They said, almost laughing in her face. But the queen ignored them and stood on her balcony to speak to the crowd of people below. Listen, everyone. I will offer a reward to the person who can rid us of this mangrove. I pledge half of my wealth and riches shall be given to whoever can kill the bird and let our sunlight return. 
the crowd murmured down below, wondering who among them would be brave enough to face the giant bird of darkness. Word soon spread across the island about the queen's generous reward. Day after day, people set off into the forest, hoping to find and kill Mancro. Some of them arrived at the foot of the tree where he sat and were so terrified at the sight of his hollow black eyes in the middle of his dark feathery face that they ran straight back home. Others ignored their fears and aimed their arrows at his man-shaped body, but he was far too high in the trees for them to reach. One young man named Soliday lived with his grandmother in a small house on the edge of the island. They had very little money and food they grew was running low. She was a seamstress who made colorful quadrille dresses for dancers on the island. Without any sunlight, her eyes were failing, making it hard to see her needle and thread. Oh, look at this banana skirt. My stitches have gone wonky and uneven. She held up the bright red skirt. Mrs. Clark would not pay for this mistake like this, she complained, squinting eyes, squinting her eyes under the candlelight. Soliday thought his grandmother worked too hard. He wished that he could help more. Now that the island was cloaked in darkness, his work in the fields had vanished, which meant that he had no money to buy food. He turned to his grandmother and said, Tomorrow, I'm going to use the last of our money to buy arrows. Why do you need to buy arrows, Soliday? Are you going to hunt in the darkness? She asked, thinking they needed food instead of arrows. I'm, I'm going to hunt, but not for food. I will buy arrows to defeat Mancro. I will win the queen's reward. I must try to bring sunlight back to our island again. His grandmother thought he was foolish to think he could defeat Mancro, but nevertheless gave him her last two coins and a spiced fruit bun for his journey. Whilst he was in town, Soliday bumped into his neighbor, a long-legged man named Jack Roy, who was leaning against a wall watching people go by. Hello, Soliday. Hello there, Soliday. What brings you to town? Asked Jack Roy. Greetings, Jack Roy. Soliday nodded and tried to hurry on his way. He did not trust Jack Roy, who had a reputation for tricking people out of their belongings. But Jack Roy looked Soliday up and down and noticed his traveling bag with the bow and six arrows. Why do you need all those arrows? He asked suspiciously, but Soliday refused to explain, rushing past him quickly. Once he had left Jack Roy behind, Soliday made his way across the cocoa fields that lay almost bare. He knew that man crow was somewhere on Blue Mountain Peak. So he walked deep into the forest, 
of slowly dying trees heading for the mountain. He trudged through the layers of leaves that now carpeted the ground, carrying, carrying a small lamp to light his way. He didn't hear the soft sound of footsteps behind him or notice that Jack Roy was following him. In the darkness, Soliday braved the narrow lanes that which twisted and turned higher and higher up the mountainside. He rested beside tumbling waterfalls and walked through blue mist hovering in the air. But he wasn't alone. Little did he know, but behind him, steady and sure, Jack Roy kept up with Soliday's swift steps hiding behind trees and making sure that Soliday didn't notice him. He was suspicious of Soliday and had decided to follow him, thinking that he could keep him close and discover what he was up to. For three dark days and three dark nights, Soliday climbed and searched for the tree which held mangrove. On the fourth day, Near the top of Blue Mountain Peak, Soliday came to the foot of the flamboyant tree. Its bright red flowers spread out above him like a scarlet umbrella. The enormous bird of darkness was sleeping in the branches. He opened one beady eye when he heard Soliday approaching. Soliday aimed his arrow at Mancrove's wing and sang out, Mancro, Mancro, today you will die. You have taken our crops and darkened our sky. The giant bird of darkness opened his long beak, revealing a golden tongue and replied, Saladay, Saladay, you are far from home. Put down your arrow and leave me alone. Saladay didn't reply, instead releasing an arrow which shot up high into the tree and struck the tip of Mancrow's wing. Two black feathers fell off and floated downward toward the ground beside Saladay. Mancrow slipped down to the next branch below. Saladay aimed another arrow at Mancrow and sang out again. Mancro, Mancro, today you will die. You have taken our crops and darkened our sky. The giant bird of darkness tightened his golden talons on the branch and replied, Saladay, Saladay, you are far from home. Put down your arrow and leave me alone. Saladay released his second arrow, which shot up high into the tree and struck the edge of Mancrow's leg. Two more black feathers fell off and floated downward to the ground beside Saladay. Mancrow slipped down to the next branch below. Saladay aimed another arrow at Mancrow and sang out again, Mancrow! Mancrow, today you will die. You have taken our crops and darkened our sky. The giant bird of darkness spread out his long wings and replied, Saladay, Saladay, 
You are far from home. Put down your arrow and leave me alone. Saturday raised his third arrow, which shot up high into the tree and struck Man Crow's neck. Another pair of black feathers fell off and floated downward to the ground beside Saladay. Man Crow slipped down to the next branch below. Saladay had three more arrows left. He aimed each one at the giant bird, which had brought darkness to his people. Each time he sank out and wounded Man Crow. Each time Man Crow replied and slipped down to the lowest branch before finally falling onto the ground dead. At last, blinding sunshine appeared across the sky, bringing daylight back to the island. Soliday rejoiced by dancing around on the spot, singing, He's down! He's down! I brought Mancrow down! All along, Jackroy had been lurking behind a breadfruit tree, spying on Saladay as he shot Mancrow down. Now that Mancrow was dead, he crouched down behind the rocks and waited until Saladay was walking steadily down the twisting path. Jack Roy quietly followed behind, and when he was close enough, he reached out his long arms and pushed Saladay over the edge of the mountainside. Saladay went tumbling down the rocky path below. That's the end of you, laughed Jack Roy, and rushed down to the Queen's Palace to claim the reward for killing the giant mangrove. I am the one who shot the enormous bird of darkness out of the flamboyant tree with my six arrows, Jack Roy boasted to the queen and her guards. She was overjoyed at the return of their sunlight. She praised Jack Roy for his bravery and skill, never once suspecting that he could be lying. Now your reward, announced the queen, who was overjoyed to have sunshine surrounding her kingdom. She signaled to one of her guards to bring out treasures from her chamber. Jack Roy's eyes widened as they brought out trays filled with gold coins and jars of precious stones. He rubbed his hands with eagerness at the thought of all the things he could buy with his new wealth. But just as the queen was about to hand them over, a loud commotion could be heard in the palace grounds. The guards entered with Soliday, whose hair was disheveled and clothes were soaking wet, but otherwise unharmed. After Jack Roy had pushed him over the rocky edge, he had fallen down into a pool of natural spring water. It flowed down the mountainside taking Soliday safely with it. With the sun now dazzling from the sky, lighting up his path, he was able to find his way back to the queen's palace easily. Now the two men, Soliday and Jack Roy, stood before the queen, each 
insisting that they were telling the truth. Jack Roy is a liar. I am the one who killed Mancrove and brought back sunlight to the island. Saladay is a liar. I am the one who killed Mancrow and brought back sunlight to the island. The queen did not know who to believe. She locked, uh, she looked from one to the other in confusion. Luckily, Saladay knew just what to do. He reached into his bag and brought out Mancrow's golden talons. I cut these from Mancrow's legs after I shot him down from the tree. This is proof I alone have killed him and deserve this reward. Jack Roy is the liar, not me. Horrified that she had almost given her treasure to the wrong person, the queen demanded Jack Roy be banished immediately, never allowed to return to their kingdom. Looking shamefaced, Jack Roy was dragged away by the queen's guards, and Soliday given his rightful reward of treasures from her chamber. His grandmother squealed with delight when she heard the news. Their lives would now change forever because of Soliday's bravery. Never again would she need to spend her days and nights sewing or worrying about money. The entire island was jubilant that the bird of darkness had been defeated and that sunlight had returned. They rejoiced and feasted for days. Soliday and his grandmother were honored guests at the palace, dining with the queen on ackee and saltfish, curried goat and sweet potato pudding. They ate and danced in celebration with the rest of the island folk until the golden sun went down and rose again. The end. Wow. So that was an awesome story. A hero tale from Jamaica. Uh, from the African and Caribbean folk tales, myths and legends from Wendy Shreer. Now, if you know this story, you kind of saw a little change happen, right? This story in some retellings is a king offering a big reward to anybody in the uh, country that can kill Mancro. And instead of Jack Roy, it is a Nazi that comes in and tries to claim victory this is the thing about folktales that I love so much they can change with each retelling they are different with each retelling somebody adds something or takes away something or changes a person here or there but the main characters and the main ideas Stay the same. Mancrow. Creating darkness. Soliday. Being the hero. And an adversary. Trying to take credit. For what he's done. Those are the three 
main things. Whether it's a king, queen, president, prime minister, whatever, that run a mayor that runs the town is irrelevant. Whether it's his grandmother or mother or sister or father is irrelevant. It's just a person that he lives with. Those are the things in stories that can change as long as you keep the main characters, the main story together. It kind of still has that same message, right? And in this story, the biggest message that I could see is don't take credit for other people's work. Don't do it. Don't try to steal my glory. It's not going to work for you. You know, like you hear people say, what's what is for me is for me. No matter how long I take to get to it, you can't take my blessings. You can't take what is for me, what I'm destined to have. You can never take away from me. And that's what Jack Roy found out. And in other versions, Anansi finds out you can't take Soliday's glory. It's his. He's destined for it. And he's going to have it. You. No one can take your glory. You're destined for it. You're going to get it. All right. A lot of people are going to try to take it. A lot of people going to try to stop you from having it. But what's meant for you is meant for you. You just keep pushing. Okay? You may have a problem at work, at school. Somebody over here, you do all the work, they're gonna take, they trying to take the credit. But guess what? In the end, you show and prove. Now, Saturday also did something else. He backed up his work. In the military, we call it CYA. Cover your ass. So, do that cover yourself if you're doing work in the out there in the job field if you're doing work at school and you got a project coming up and multiple people are going to be involved cya cover yourself make sure what you're doing is going to be it's going to show that you get credit for it all right that's really all i have with this one that's really what I see mostly in this. So go see Chef. He's going to have a wonderful Jamaican uh, recipe for you. I think we've already done salt fish and, and um, uh, a fruit one from Jamaica and the salt fish and Aki from Jamaica. Um, I don't know what else, what he's going to give you. So go check it out. See what he has for you. And as always, Thank you for coming on this journey with me. Thank you for being here and listening to these great stories. And until we meet again, as always, have a blessed day. Welcome, my friends, to the galley. I am your chef, Chef and today, we have a wonderful recipe inspired by the story you have just heard. Today, we will be creating Jamaican sweet potato pudding. Now, 
What do you need for this recipe? Two pounds Jamaican sweet potato or white yams, washed, peeled, and grated or blended. One pound of yellow yam, peeled and grated. One tablespoon fresh ginger, peeled and grated. One cup of flour sifted, plus one tablespoon of dusting raisins, optional. Three cups of coconut milk or two 400 milliliter cans. Two tablespoons of vanilla extract, one tablespoon of ground cinnamon, one tablespoon of ground nutmeg, half a teaspoon of ground allspice, half a teaspoon of salt, one and a half cups of brown sugar packed, half a cup of unsalted butter melted and cooled, half a cup of raisins, optional, two tablespoons of J. Ray and Nephew Red Label Wine for soaking raisins, and one tablespoon of white overproof rum for soaking raisins. Custard soft top is half a cup of coconut milk, a quarter cup of brown sugar, and half a teaspoon of ground cinnamon. Now, how do we put this together? Easy. First, whisk together all ingredients of the custard soft top in a small bowl until all combined and set aside. Preheat oven to 350 degrees Fahrenheit or 177 degrees Celsius and grease a 9 inch spring form or cake pan. Carefully peel then grate the sweet potatoes, yellow yam and ginger using a medium side of a large grater, then set aside. In a large mixing bowl, combine the coconut milk, butter, vanilla, brown sugar, cinnamon, nutmeg, allspice, salt, and the liquid from the raisins if using. Whisk together until combined with no lumps. Add the grated sweet potato, yam, and ginger to the liquid ingredients and mix until combined. If you want a smoother texture, use an immersion blender or regular blender to blend to desired consistency. Sift the flour into the mixture and mix until incorporated. Lightly dosed the raisin with one tablespoon of flour, then gently fold into the pudding mixture if using. Pour the mixture into the prepared pan and bake in preheated oven for one hour. Remove from the oven after one hour of baking, add the custard topping and then continue to bake for another 45 minutes to an hour. Remove from oven, allow to completely cool, then remove from the pan, slice and that is it my friend. You have done it. Now go make 
this recipe yours. And until I have another wonderful recipe for you, remember Salad Day and the Man Crow. And until next time, my friends, as always, enjoy. Thank you, my friends, for coming on this voyage. Thanks to Art by Chalet for the logo, episode, and shirt designs. You can get t-shirts and other items on tpublic.com. You can contact me on all socials at AfroTalesCast. That's Afro, T-A-L-E-S, cast. And email me at AfroTalesCast at gmail.com. You may also become a benefactor by simply sharing with any and everyone giving a thumbs up, a five-star rating and review in your podcast app of choice, or simply donating on Patreon or coffee.com. That's ko-fi.com. So until we meet again, may your wins be fair and your seas follow.